welcome to Royal Table Talk. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton and I am your host. And today I brought a lovely lady. Who are you? Who are you in the world? Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time zone you happen to be in. My name is Denine Andrades. I am a public speaker, international perspective expert, best-selling author, and coach. And my topic is all about resilience and finding the best of you to success from within. Wow. The best of you to success from within. <sighs> when I think about within, the first thing that comes to mind is, is mind growth, right? Because if your mind is not ready, you can't go within. Tell me a time in your life where you was able to utilize growth to move you forward only because you went in and you was willing to expand. Tell me what that situation was and what did it look like for you? Oh my, is there ever a situation where you don't grow from it? <laughs> Let's just start there. Okay. At least that's my philosophy. So um, for me, there are many different ones, but I'll talk about the one that's specifically in my book where I had gone through a depression. And for me, that was something that I, I'd never experienced and literally never even seen before. Or if I did, I, I just didn't recognize it because I had no real exposure. Mm -hmm. And we say the word depression and it sounds like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, right? But what I'm talking about is getting so low that I wasn't even thinking about what I should do with myself or to myself. My question was, am I even here? Mm. Do I actually exist? That was how low I was. And to take it a step further, it was, well, okay, I couldn't be here because I don't feel anything. So I'm not here. And literally, I was in that state for quite a while. I can't tell you exactly how long um, I was there. Honestly, because there are times I don't even know what, what was going on, what was going on around me, if there mm -hmm. was anything. What did happen, though, is at the time, and you know, <laughs> things happen for a reason. I had just said to my cousin probably about a year prior, why don't you move here with me so you can get a fresh start, right? Mm. You can roommate with me for your first year. You can get a fresh start. You know, I can help you. I can help you find a job, all kinds of things like that. We were only about a year in. Everything seemed to be going fantastic. And then for my world, everything started falling apart. And the first thing that happened was I lost the person that I was closest to in the family, the eldest member of the family. That hit hard. The circumstances that surrounded it, everything, it, it hit really hard for me because I am very much a family-centered person. Then the person that I was dating, and when I say then, I'm literally talking within three days, the person that I was dating, um, his family called me and said that he was missing. So with that, I was 
quite upset and concerned Mm -hmm. because I was literally standing in front of my bed packing to go for my relatives who had also been reported missing, by the way, right? packing for that only to try to figure out, wait, which direction should I actually be going? Because they didn't live in the same state as either of them. Once I had taken care of all of my duties and I'm, I'm very dutiful, right? So I did that. When I came back home is when I totally lost myself completely, mm-hmm. where I was describing that I, I wasn't <sighs> even sure um, that I existed. And so what brought me out of it, the beginning, the first step was I heard my cousin crying. And it was at that mm. point that I realized I was impacting someone else extremely mm. negatively. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first time that I was, it, it really hit me like what I was doing, where I was, that yes, I did exist. And yes, other people were my family, loved ones were in pain all because of me. And what I heard her, it wasn't just crying. I heard her saying, she won't eat, she won't move. I don't, I don't know what to do for her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she handed me the phone. And when she handed me the phone, it was my mom saying, you're depressed, get up, get out, get help. You cannot stay like this. And while my mom's words were strong, her tone was strong, all of that, what I actually heard, like I said, was the pain I was putting my family through when I heard my cousin crying. Still bothers me, (laughs) still. Hmm. That's okay. So then, yeah, (laughs) because very close to my family, right? Absolutely. Do not, do not want to cause them pain. Now, the fact that this still bothers me is because what I realized was, okay, if I can help it, nobody will ever go through this again, ever, right? Yes. Yes. What I did um, was I got up and I looked to try to get help for myself, right? I did all the normal things. I started reading books. I went to my employer. There was, you know, an employee assistance program. Um, I spoke with them. I went to a grief counselor, all of those things. Um, But what I found was that wasn't working for me. None of that. I felt like they were there to help. They wanted to. That's mm-hmm. that's what they were about. But for whatever reason, for me, it just was not sticking. And that was when I realized it had to come from within. First mm-hmm. of all, the motivation of what I was doing, you know, to my family is what came from within. Second of all, it was recognizing that I have to take action. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I can't yes. just exist. Right. Like like I had before, like like mm. I was. And, and again, I wasn't even sure I existed, but I had to take action. So 
what I did in reading all those books, I literally started writing down things that like stuck with me that like I felt when, you know, when I was reading it and all kinds of things like that. And I described that as accepting the lesson, right? Mm. It was like, okay, Mm. there is something for me to learn from this, (laughs) right? Yes. Oh, yes. Experience. But there is something for me to learn. And these things that are like striking me, like, you know, like they're, Denine, this is for you, right? That's what it started to feel mm-hmm. like. It's like, all right, I better write that down. Let, let me write that down because that's, that's important. That's, you know, that's, that, for me. that's important. Mm-hmm. Right. And as I'm going through that, and I actually start talking to like my cousin and my mom and my aunts and, you know, so forth about my friends, about the things that I'm learning, I started to realize, oh, I'm actually doing better. Let me write that down, right? So I literally even started writing those things. But first thing, like I said, recognize that you are there and you are not alone. That was the lesson that I took from recognizing that someone else, the impact I was having on my family. I was not alone for as much as I thought that I didn't exist. Oh, I existed. And I was negatively impacting everyone around me. So what I learned from that, not alone, never alone. And people who are depressed, that's one of the very first things that they believe is that they are alone and no one else feels that way. It is not true. It is not Mm. true. They may have had a different trigger. Their situation may be different, but that pain or lack thereof is Mm -hmm. very real. So you are not alone. That's one thing for the listeners and those watching now to remember. You're not alone. Number two, take action. I know you don't feel like it. (laughs) Boy, do I know you don't feel like it. (laughs) Right? But you have to take action because if you don't, you will stay exactly where you are. And when I say action, I mean massive action. And it will feel like massive action, even though it may be something as simple as taking a shower. Mm Mm-hmm. That's massive action for someone who is truly in a depressed state. Yes. So take massive action (sighs) and start to talk to others. Because one of the reasons why we got there goes back to number one, we forgot that we're not alone and that we are connected Mm -hmm. to a much higher source, much stronger than we are. So we have to acknowledge that fact so let me ask you this you're not alone i agree there was a point in my life where and i think i shared this with you um where my kids were in foster care and i was in a drug and alcohol program and um one of my children tried to commit suicide and then the other one tried to poke his eyes out it's like if i can't see my mother i don't want to see and the other one hung itself from a uh, a belt, you know, from the closet. 
and they found him, thank God, in time. But that was his second attempt. The first time was with a shoe, with a first time was with a belt. The second time was with a shoestring. But anyway, I, I what it done for me is just what you said. It put me in a space of first, and 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 I have to say this: when you're in that phase of depression, you don't know what's going on around you. You have absolutely no clue, even though you are functioning at the minimum, right? bare minimum and i just remember waking coming to i don't even say waking up coming to maybe four or five days later and how do i know because they was like what what's going on with you and they had get well cards and balloons sitting on my nightstand right yes. and 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 mm-hmm. and i remember like i used to really love snoop dogg he was so sexy when i was a kid right so i had this picture of him <laughs> on my bunk in treatment with his hair down. And I was like, I would look at him, I was like, you gonna be my husband, right? And I just remember <laughs> coming, coming to, and I'm looking at his picture and I'm looking over at these candles and the girls in my room, they was like, oh my God, Latoya, what happened? I, it's a dark place. I never, ever, 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 ever want to go back there. It was a time early when I first got over it. I was like, I want to be hypnotized. I want to know what happened in those days. I don't think I want to go that deep in my mind ever again because I was lost. (laughs) Right? I was lost. But for Mm -hmm. me, with all of the trauma building up, building up, I learned how to go in my mind to protect myself. So when that stuff happened with my kids, I and I had first lost them, lost the kids, lost the house, got away from my abuser, all of this trauma, 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 trauma. I was just in a place of complete darkness, right? And to come out of that and look the way you do, oh my God, because you are amazing, right? And to and to come back and share, right? It's a lot of people have that dark. They don't want to talk about it because first of all, it was embarrassing to me. You know, first I pretend like I had a twin sister, then I got lost in my own head. So, you know, what's really going on, right? And then to come to a place where my life is an open book, it's actually several books, open several books. I don't have Mm -hmm. an issue with that. Only because like yourself, I want to make sure that other people can get out of it sooner, quicker, faster. Right. Right. What yes. was the first thing that you noticed? Well, since I'm already talking, I can share. I'll share first and then you go. The first thing I noticed okay. when I was going in to into that dark place was I didn't want to get out the bed. And you talked about that. I just remember they was like, if you leave this program, we're going to adopt your baby. Right. Uh, we're going to adopt your kids out. But they always start with the youngest. And at that point, my baby mm. was like a, a almost a year. I had just had him um, that February, uh, excuse me, that January, but um, it was like in December. So I just went in so deep within, I didn't want to get up. It was like, well, get up. And I that's all I remember until I came to and all of these get well cards and balloons sitting on the side of my nightstand. Like, where was I? I don't know, but I don't want to go back. And the first thing I noticed is that I did not want to get up. What was the first thing, if you could, if you can take yourself there, that's safe, if it's safe, to take yourself mm-hmm. there to a place where you felt like, okay, I'm losing it because, well, I lost it. We don't know until we come back, but I was losing it there. Where was that place for you? Where was that place for you? 
I travel a lot for all kinds of things. And the first thing I do when I come home is I unpack and start doing laundry. And I didn't. And instead, I took off my clothes and got in the bed. Uh, that that was it. Okay. And that suitcase was still there, completely packed. I hadn't bothered it for weeks. Gotcha. Something that is as simple. Not, <laughs> that's not you. Huh? Exactly. Something that simple. And and when I talked about it later with my cousin, she mm -hmm. said, I knew something was wrong on day two when your suitcase was still sitting in the same place and you had not come to eat. Because mm. I also really love food. <laughs> right? <laughs> I really yeah. love food. <laughs> so I think I we all come do. Out to cook or eat. <laughs> right? But I hadn't come out to cook or eat or bothered to unpack. It was like I I did not have a, a next plan or activity at all. That's what that signified. My not mm -hmm. unpacking was like I did not have a next plan or activity. And I'm a very planful person. So, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Ah, wow, wow, wow. The simple things like your day-to-day -day functions. And so for the listeners and the viewers, uh, uh, when we talk about depression, I want to tap into one particular depression that happened more than others is the postpartum depression, right? And you, in your mind, you know, mothers begin to reject their children, right? I have, I've given birth to nine children and by the grace of God, I never felt that way. Um, however, when I found out I was pregnant with, uh, my ninth child, I didn't want to be pregnant. I cried all day. It was like, no, I don't want this. My career started picking up. I just started doing things in the world. But I, I think that I watched my daughter suffer from it. And she didn't understand why she didn't want the baby. She was like, mama, no, you get them. And I was like, no, that's your baby. You get your baby, honey. I got my own kids, <laughs> right? Her husband brought her all the way from Vegas to my house because she was in a place where when he would cry, she would be like, no. I was like, baby, get up and put your clothes on. She was like, I don't feel like it. No, after you have a baby, you want to be sexy and pretty because you've been blown up for so long. And now you want you got your snap back and you want to look gorgeous. And she didn't have it at all. She was frumpy. And I told her, I said, baby, depression is a dark place. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there at right. all. Right. Have you had situations in your life where because your mind growth has changed and you and you've expanded to the fact that I know what that is now. When I feel this, I'm going to pull myself up before I get too deep, because if you like me, my mind always want to take me there, but I catch it. I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm done with that. Right. How, how, what is that situation that made you almost go into a place where you go within? What was that situation and how did you pull yourself out of it? Well, a couple of things for me, I, I'm actually predisposed to be happy, right? Okay. <laughs> Despite the tears, right? And, yeah. and to be clear, my tears are all about the pain that I caused my loved ones. That's yeah. what that was for me. Okay. So my predisposition is to be happy. So for me, it, once I learned the lessons from being depressed, it was all right. I need to be sure 
to make sure I'm able to maintain this and turn it on a dime, right? So I call that the pivot. Mm -hmm. So if I know something is really sad, right? Because we can't control everything in life. That's right. And mm -hmm. we, I mean, <laughs> we, That's we can't, right. and there is no, no need to try, right? What we can control is our reaction. So understanding that it's my perspective that allows me to be resilient is the thing that helped a lot. And that's where the pivot comes in. So when you feel that, or when you see that, you're actually taking a second look to literally look for something that might be positive in that situation. So for instance, I talked about, you know, the fact that I'm a best-selling author. For me, I got to be a best-selling author. I had my very first book signing, you know, in Atlanta. I had a fabulous time. I came back. I told my mom, you know, I went over. I mean, she knew all of this, right? But I had to give her all the details about, you know, my book signing and what happened <laughs> and who said that. That's right. <laughs> you know, who did this? And I did. And the very next morning, I got a phone call telling me that my mom had passed. Mm. And she wasn't sick. Right. It's not like she was sick and down or anything like that. So for a while, the good 45 minutes that I was driving to her house, I was just in silence and I cannot deny I was in straight denial because I had spoken. We had hung out all the next day. I'd even talked to her at like 11 o'clock that night before I went to sleep. Right. And then by six o'clock in the morning, I'm getting that phone call. So I go there and and I'm, I'm literally thinking things like this not better not be a joke. Cause I'm telling you, if this is a joke, whoever is playing this joke on me, they're going down. Um, this is, uh, <laughs> you know, right. this, this is yes. right. It is all of these thoughts were going through my head as I got there, because I was like, I have to see for myself. I have yes. to see her. So I did. And of course, um, it was true. Now my mom had this thing and I grew up this way, right? Little did I know she was teaching me to pivot all this time. But as I'm looking at her, I hear her voice plain as day. And it, you know, it could have been just a memory because it was burned into my brain or whatever. But plain as day, say something she had said to me so often, which was, you're going to be thankful for this one day. Today is a day. Tell me why. And if she said that to you, you better answer. That was mm -hmm. not, that was not a question that you could just let go by, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't rhetorical. There was an answer. You had to answer. So I stood there and the police officer was with me. I stood there and I looked at my mom and I said, she was not alone. She got immediate medical attention. Mm -hmm. She was doing something she wanted to do and she did not suffer. And I stepped back and the police officer said, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I said, you never dealt with my mom <laughs> before <laughs> in your life. <laughs> Because yes. I heard her words and I knew I had to answer. So that put me in a place for that moment. 
where I could answer the questions they needed me to answer, you know, and things like that. Now, obviously I cut to the chase on that, but yeah, that, that is the essence of what someone has to do when they feel themselves going there. Because yes. I'm here to tell you, I literally felt my knees shaking. They were ready to buckle and I was about to fall to the floor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I said, that question came into my head. You're going to be yeah. grateful for this one day. Today's a day. Tell me why. And so I did that. And that gave me the strength I needed at that point to mm-hmm. do that and drive my 45 minutes back home, right? After <sighs> taking care of all the business uh, that I needed to there. Because you're dutiful, I- right? <laughs> exactly. Because I'm dutiful, right? Yes. I yes. <laughs> I'm telling you all about myself, right? I understand. So, yeah. So that, that pivot and, and immediately looking for something that is useful. It doesn't have to be happy, right? right. I'm, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's going to be happy. Oh, it's, you know, it's going to be this. It's gonna, no, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that you can circumvent the pain. Right. What I'm saying is you can look for something that is useful to you and something that could be positive even if it's not for you right because if you think about the things that i said about my mom immediate medical attention not alone doing something she wanted to do she didn't suffer none of that was for me (laughs) none of it right right it wasn't but it helped me to reconcile all the questions that were going through my head when i was driving there so amazing yes that helped and and so for others that the the short answer is please look for something that is useful to you in that immediate situation Mm -hmm. and positive even if it's not for you right all of those things were gifts for my mom for my mom not for me I, I think I, I, I kudos that because I, it's always, what's the strength in it, right? What's the benefit in it? What's, what's, what's the benefit in those situations? And um, I, I like you, I just shared this a couple of days ago on another show. Uh, when, when my son died, I was able to say, at least he's no longer in pain. You know, he suffered for a long time. And the situation that happened that led to his demise could have caused me to be crazy and, you know, just out of control, but I was able to hold my composure because again, I know where that takes me. That's going to get me in trouble mentally, physically, and emotionally, right? Mentally, I might lose it. Emotionally, I'm so compassionate. Oh my God, oh my God. And then physically, I might end up in jail somewhere. So uh, if you take all those scenarios into consideration, um, but but the dark place is the place that really fears me. Now I'm I'm the kind of person that when stuff happens, I'm the first one to go. I I'm the starter. I'm a starter. I'm a go. You go. I go. I go first. But when it comes to things like that, being a CEO of my company, I'm always having to look at the benefit in it and how can I how can it benefit you? There's always a lesson to learn in every situation. And and for our listener, please know that. Depression sometimes can, uh, sometimes needs medication and, and uh, coupled 
with counseling, psychoeducation, which is group therapy, as well as a therapist. And that may be what you need to get out of it. But I'm going to tell you, my, my, my creator pulls me out anytime I get close to it. This is not a good place for you to be. But my goal is prayer. Because as soon as something don't hit the road and don't look right, I pray all day, every day. I say, I know he's tired of my voice. He'd be glad when I learn how to shut up. Because I'm, th- I'm talking to him all day. I'm praying. I'm, okay, God, what's next? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so much so that my little granddaughters uh, walk around the house and you'll hear them every once in a while. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And and I'm not a religious person, but I'm very spiritual because I believe that something greater than me had to pull me out of that dark hole, name because it was dark and I don't have a clue what happened in that week or so. I don't know. But what I do know is that he pulled me back for such a day like this so we can share our experience for other people that are heading in it or that are trying to get out of it, or that can skirt around it because we've given them some strategies. You don't have to, right? You don't have to. It's the prayer meditation, it's the therapy, it's the counseling, it's the talking to family and the friends, it's to, uh, what, what, you gave another one, I'm I'm sorry. You gave another uh, strategy for coming out. What was the third one? Or did you do the third one? Right, so, right, I talked about the pivot itself, right? Because when, when you're when you're in that situation that is the point that you want to that you want to when i say pivot let's 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 be clear what i'm talking about i'm talking about looking at the situation from a different angle and sometimes that literally means turning away a quarter turn and come back to that right because you're going to have to deal with that situation we're back to you can't avoid it right no ma'am. But if you turn away and look back, you see things that you hadn't seen before. And when you look back, that's where I'm saying to you, look for something useful, right? Look for something that is positive or a gift, even if that gift isn't coming to you. Mm-hmm. That is the power of that pivot, is your ability to turn away and come back with something useful. Just just quickly, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about some of the other things that I do, you know, I'm working in the healthcare field and things like that. Trauma surgeons are actually trained to pivot. And we see it all the time, but we don't really think about it. And what happens is you'll be watching a movie and you see a surgeon going in and they're going in with their hands like this, right? And they back into the door, you know, before they get there though they look through the window and they turn around and they have their hands like this and they back into the surgery room that isn't so much about keeping their hands clean as we've all assumed they're literally trained to do that to get a different perspective Mm. particularly for trauma surgeons if you think about it the person could very well be mangled when they get there, their insides can be mangled, their limbs are mangled, you know, bones can be sticking out every which way, all of that. And when you first see that, it's a shock, right? Mm -hmm. The initial shock. And so how they get around that is turn around, they pivot, and then they come back, and then they can see things that they hadn't seen before. Because as someone who is going in to 
repair this situation, right? They can't afford to only focus on one thing, right. which is what happens if you go into shock, right? Yes. You yes. get tunnel vision. You focus only on one thing. They can't afford to do that. They've got a whole person they need to address there. And it's the same thing with us. We have an entire person and life yes. that we have to address. So we need to be able to look at things from a different perspective, especially when things are at their worst, especially at that time. Mm. So the pivot is what we were talking about. Wow. I would never look at a, a, a surgeon ever again the same. Uh, thank you for that <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> because it makes so much sense. When, you, when you're doing certain things in your life, you have to be able to, to, to look at it from all angles. So I'm a mother of nine and 19 grandchildren. And my daughter always says, mom, every time something happens, you know, I'm not the one that go right in. I don't, I don't go right in because I need to see what they're going to do first, how they're going to handle it. So I can come in with that unique perspective. Cause if I go right in with you, then I'm gonna have the same perspective that you have. So give me some, let me assess what's going on so I can see it different, but it only comes from a mind shift from a mind growth, the ability to look at it differently, but you only get that when your mind's stretched, it comes from reading. It comes from learning. It comes from the ability to allow different information in because when you're working and you're at this level in your life. So for 10 years, I traveled the nation as a national child welfare reform consultant. And when I came from that perspective, I wasn't able to see all of this stuff down here anymore. So when we would fly in, they didn't paint it to build in, you know, they got food for us and everybody know that we're flying in and, you know, you get all of this top notch treatment, but the people down here is not receiving the help. So because I came from a parent's perspective, I got a chance to hang down with them so I can find out what their needs really are because my perspective was different because my mindset had been shifted. I know what it looked like up there. I know what that looks like, but I need to get in a trench. That's why I love the trench work. I need to get in the trenches and figure out how we can make the changes, right? That's the perspective that I want to have. But again, it only came from a mind shift because I came from a parent level and then I moved up. But once you get there, sometimes right. you forget that all of this needs to be adjusted. And so, and 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 I'm giving you a level uh, uh I'm giving you a level of layers, but we're talking about the person. We're talking about you as a human being. If there's exactly. been a time in your life where you feel like um you've done some major things in the world and that you you can't call for help because if you call for help, you look weak. No, when you call for help, you're strong. Right? Exactly. You're strong. Exactly. So be strong and ask for the help that you need and know that, what did you say? You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not the only one Ever. that had that experience. Absolutely. So if you can share one thing with our guests in closing, what would you tell them? I would tell them you actually came here with everything you need to succeed. You came here with the resources just like we were talking about, reach out. We are strongest together. Yes. If you need a counselor, as I talked about before, I am a mind power coach. If you need therapy, if you need medication, which is something that 
you find out after you've gone through the counseling and so mm -hmm. forth. But when you need help, reach out because we are strongest together. And even that, as we were saying, reaching out in and of itself is a strength yes. because we have everything we need. We were, we were created that way with everything we need to be successful. We just have to tap into it, starting with our resources. One of our resources is our mind. Make the decision Ooh. to mm. take action. Take action. And that's what this is about, a call to action. Come on, good people. So many of us are staying in our dark place alone, feeling like nobody cares or that maybe we're not even existing. And uh, Neen said, people love you and you're never alone. So tell us how can they find you? Where are you? What are your links? What are your handles? Let us know how we can find right. you. Right. So my name is Deneen Andrades. I can be found at www.deneen, that's D-E-N-E-E-N-360.com. If you go there, you will find all of my social media. You will have my website, you will have my um, Facebook, you will have my LinkedIn, you will have all of my social media in one place. You will also have my QR code so that you can save me as a contact on your phone. So again, that's www.denen360.com. I can also be reached by phone if you prefer to just, you know, place a phone call, 877-216-4677. My name is Deneen Andrades, and I am here as your mind power coach, as your speaker, as your supporter in life and success. Oh, thank you so much. Again, I, I'm honored that you said yes. And um, of course, listeners, you know, there are so many resources in this challenge. There's so much information that you've received over the last week. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to make the decision to not only take the information down, because I am an information hoarder. I have so many programs and this and that and this. Nothing means anything unless you apply action toward it. So my name is Latoya Conway Hampton. I'm your host, and thank you for tuning in to Royal Table Talk, Call to Action. Have a wonderful day.